Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today in the show, the Lakers got their butts absolutely handed to them by the Memphis Grizzlies, even given the context and even given the late comeback. That was an embarrassing performance from the Lakers. I have a couple thoughts from it. One, they can be committed to playing small, but they don't have to be that small. Two, the effect that going that small has on the Lakers on both sides of the court. And three, holy crap, the Lakers played a bunch of wings and they made a comeback. So let's get into all that here in a bit. The final score of the game isn't really representative of how the game actually went. The Lakers went on a 21-0 run there in the last few minutes of, of the game. John Morant was out. You know, like Basically, all of the, the, the uh, Grizzlies who smacked the Lakers around for 45 minutes. Uh, they were 40, I guess it'd be 43 minutes. Uh, those guys all sat down. The Lakers went with a wing heavy lineup surrounding DeAndre Jordan and, you know, Austin Reeves, I thought handled the ball handling responsibilities really well. And that's something that might be worth looking into further moving forward. But I, I think, you know, the bigger thing here is the Lakers, have committed Frank Vogel and all of the Lakers have, have either said or leaked that they are now committed to super small lineups, LeBron at the five, um, and, and the identity that comes from that. Right. And, and, and even taking that a step further, Frank Vogel has gone out as far to say like, yeah, even if we're struggling, stopping them at the rim, getting rebounds, stuff like that, I'm going to let those guys go out there and, and see how it looks. And that's fine. I mean, honestly, that's very much like Phil Jackson's approach to coaching, right? I do all my coaching in practice, and I don't like calling timeouts because these guys have to learn to adjust on the court and on the fly. That's fine. Uh, the only thing there is, if it's so obvious, right? Like, if it's so clearly obvious that the Lakers are getting ravaged at the rim, uh, both in terms of rebounding, causing create, uh, creating extra opportunities, and uh, causing you know <laughs> layup lines because they don't respect the centers who are in there when LeBron isn't the center, and even sometimes when LeBron is the center. Like if it's that obvious, and you have somebody in Dwight Howard who just played pretty damn well the other day, then there's your adjustment, you know. And and so and, and we're gonna get to some of those issues here in a second, but you know I I, I get the approach of trying to let these guys develop this identity and all this but but the the whole name of the game in the postseason is having a really good haymaker punch that you can throw and then also being able to counter as as teams force you into doing other things so like i i guess i just flatly disagree with this idea that even if the lakers are playing poorly with lebron at the center that they don't need to adjust to the Lakers playing poorly. And even there, Dwight eventually played. Like they were down 20 plus when Dwight came in. I I, I guess, look, Frank has, uh, I, I think this is very emblematic, by the way, of, of Frank's season. I, Frank has been good in some stretches. And when Frank was gone, you really realized, okay, the Lakers missed this guy. And then they get back and they go on this winning streak since he gets back. I think tonight was kind of a return to, oh, yeah, that's right. Frank isn't Phil Jackson. He isn't Greg Popovich. He isn't, you know, some of these elite coaches throughout the league. 
I do want to get to some of the issues with going as small as the Lakers have gone, not just with like LeBron at the center, because clearly LeBron at the center has unlocked some really important parts of, of the Lakers games. Uh, a lot of the guys up and down the roster have been playing better since LeBron basically vacated the, the power forward spot to focus on playing center and thus created all kinds of driving lanes and passing lanes. And, and he uh, is really energized on defense on that side, you know, playing the center in ways that he wasn't playing power forward. So like there are obviously reasons to stick with this approach. I just, I again, find myself wondering, well, okay, you're going to go small with LeBron at center, but you would probably want to surround him with players who can play above their position physically and help with the rebounding responsibilities now that you don't have a true center out there. And that's going to change, obviously, whenever Anthony Davis gets back. But these lineups with three small guards, I think, have to be limited beyond where, where we're at right now, where you have some stretches where why well, I, I, shit they start the game this way right where it's Russell Westbrook it's Avery Bradley and it's Malik Monk and yeah like the, I, I get kind of what you're going for you're if you're thinking that Russ is a really good uh, rebounder for his position which I think we're learning is kind of a fluffed up approach to analysis there like he's rebounded really well in terms of sheer numbers but his approach to rebounding when he doesn't have everybody boxing out for him is not great uh, Avery Bradley isn't somebody who I think helps you as a rebounder above his size. And Malik Monk is definitely not that player either. And then you go from those three guys to Stanley Johnson, who does play bigger than his position, but he's playing power forward, which is already inherently bigger than his position. And then you have LeBron. And and I think when you when you play groups that small, and by the way, like that isn't the only kind of combination they bring in Taylor Horton Tucker and sure wingspan, all that stuff, whatever, but he's still a slow footed six, four guy with really long arms. Like, <laughs> like that's not going to help you. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't elevate off the floor in ways that really help you rebounding wise. And, you know, Austin Reeves is, is a little taller. He's, you know, six, four, six, five ish, uh, but he weighs less than I do. And again, is not really an elevator off of the floor. He does a better job of, of boxing out than some of the other guys do. And, and I think that's part of why his numbers indicate that he's more impactful than some of the other guys. But but still, like the Lakers are just really committed to going super small. And, you know, I think Trevor Reese's minutes need to go up. I think they're probably ramping him up and making sure that they don't bring him back too fast. But eventually he's going to need to play more. Uh, I think Stanley Johnson needed to play more than he did tonight. And I think Carmelo Anthony probably needed to play more than he did tonight, especially alongside LeBron. And that's where, by the way, Dwight not playing kind of hurts you because if you have Dwight out there and you have Melo, that's a sensible one-two punch as far as your power forward and center goes. So I, you know, I get again, the approach to LeBron playing center. And then I'm, I'm also kind of hearing some stuff about how, you know, he really wants this to, he really wants to continue to do this throughout the year and show that yeah, in, in year 19, that this is something that he wants to prove to everybody. Wow. He added this to his game too. And, and so I, I'm sure there's, you know, some, some telling Frank, no, 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 coach, we're good. We're good. Um, and, and I would just say that I think and we'll get to why here in a second, but I think the Lakers really seriously need to look, if they are going to stick with LeBron at center, 
They need to find ways to get bigger bodies out on the court more often than they have. Let's look at it this way. When the Lakers are playing small and it is working, they are limiting the other team's opportunities by swarming on defense and making everybody uncomfortable all over the court, getting a rebound and getting out in transition where everybody on the court is faster than their counterpart. Makes sense. And then offensively, if they get into the half court, because you have LeBron at the five, you can kind of put them anywhere on the court and with decent driving and passing and cutting lanes, the Lakers can really pick teams apart offensively. But even there, you probably aren't going to get very many. You aren't flat out going to get very many second chance opportunities. And you also risk by being so small offering up more second chance opportunities. So what that means is you're playing with a significantly lower margin for error than most of the teams that you're going against. Again, like I, I know that we are, are we're in this renaissance of, of basketball as we watch it evolve before our eyes on a seemingly nightly basis and certainly seasonal basis. But I will say though, that there are some things that are just inherently true about basketball and frankly about sports. If you are a bigger human being, you are going to have advantages at in various ways in sports. In baseball, it sure helped Randy Johnson to be 6'10", firing fastballs where the ball is leaving his hand way closer to the plate at higher velocities because he could generate more torque and, and at a steeper angle because he was that much taller. In golf... Right. You see some of these guys, you know, Tiger Woods is, you know, golf is normally played by guys that are like five, six to like five, ten at the tallest. And then you see like big hulking Tiger Woods. And again, it's the amount the it's the amount of torque that he could generate by being a little longer and then especially bigger, right? Being bigger than everybody else changed the sport. You started seeing golfers take care of their bodies uh <laughs> in ways that they didn't before. Basketball is probably the nth degree example of this. You're playing on a 10-foot hoop. You are shooting on a hoop that does not change in height, and yet the players do change in height. And so if you can get up there without much effort, like John Morant can get up to, you know, 40. <laughs> he, can, he was looking down at the basket basically today on that one lob that he caught. And and yeah, you can do that if you're if you're John Morant John Morant's height and uh, build with that insane athleticism and you get a runway but you know it certainly helps to have guys you know back when Dwight was capable of getting above the rim and he didn't need a runway to get way up there DeAndre was an example of that and and JaVale is an example of that and some of these other you know center seven footers who don't need runways and just kind of take a step or two and get well above the rim, like that is inherently going to be an advantage. And, you know, for the Lakers, you can create advantages elsewhere on the court, but you're still trying to overcome advantages that are going to be inherent to your approach. And so with the way that the Lakers are going about this, I get why they're trying to do it. They don't have many more options. And yet, I think they need to you know, kind of come to grips with, all right, if this is going to be our approach, what are ways we can limit the disadvantage we put ourselves by being this small elsewhere on the court? And again, the, the, look, the context matters. The Lakers were, you know, playing against the Memphis's uh, future buyouts who will eventually become Lakers anyway. 
But the, the, the Lakers had a lineup out there of Austin Reeves, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza, I think Stanley Johnson. Either Stanley Johnson or Mello were out there, and DeAndre Jordan. That's a bunch of wings. That's a bunch of six four to I, your average height out there is like six four to you know six five six six and then six seven ish and then another six eight ish guy and then DeAndre Jordan who is a seven footer and it turns out in basketball that it helps to be bigger. So I if this is going to be the Lakers' identity, I think they need to be more realistic about the way the basketball is actually played. You can be small with LeBron at center, but I think you need to be bigger elsewhere. Last point on this game uh, before we wrap it up. So the Lakers right now are starting to get guys healthy, and we've talked about Avery Bradley and his contract situation and how it wouldn't have surprised me if because the Lakers are hopefully getting some guys back. Remember, Aaron Larsoul came on the hook uh, last Friday and said that he thought back then that none was about a week and a half or so away. Um, and, and that is kind of consistent with some of the other reporting out there. So as the Lakers are getting more guys healthy and specifically guards healthy, they're going to have to make some decisions here as far as who is going to get what minutes. Remember Frank Vogel said that Kendrick Nunn was going to get a lot of a ton of minutes, I think was where was his wording. So if Nunn is going to get a ton of minutes, Russ is going to get a ton of minutes. THT is probably going to get some run out there. Does that mean Monk's role shrinks as the Lakers hopefully start to ramp up the minutes for Trevor Ariza too? Does When Anthony Davis comes back, what does that mean for all of the munchkins that the Lakers are trying to play all at the same time? I, I think here the Lakers had an identity and the core of that identity was built around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And it was bigger, stronger, faster, plus LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I think while I understand kind of where the Lakers were going, they wanted a few more guys who can go out and get their own uh, shots off of the dribble and create for themselves. Um, and getting guys who can do that at wing size means that you are signing a third max player generally. So they went out and got a few more buckets, but they traded some of that bigger, stronger, faster, and able to do so. Uh, I, I think here, as the Lakers get healthier, I think they need to return back to, especially once Anthony Davis comes back, and apparently he was warming up today with a with a big knee brace, so he's starting to ramp up. That four-week away, that four-week kind of time frame is coming up, I think, this week, uh, where we get him reevaluated. So as Anthony Davis comes back, as Trevor Ariza gets more minutes, as Kendrick Nunn gets back, this rotation is going to get to a point where Again, you have an opportunity to get back to bigger, stronger, faster. And Avery Bradley is not that at shooting guard. Uh, you know, Malik Monk is not that at shooting guard. I think Malik Monk has more upside because of the way that he can score. But again, if your focus is getting bigger, stronger, faster, and he's your shooting guard, he's going to be smaller, albeit faster, but certainly not stronger at shooting guard. So, you know, Austin Reeves is another player who might see his minutes trimmed, but he's one of the more impactful Lakers that they've had so far this year. So Frank Vogel is going to have some real decisions to make here as the Lakers get a little healthier. And the way that he handles that is going to be super interesting, not just from the standpoint of 
who he thinks can help the Lakers win right now, but also in terms of the identity that the Lakers are going to have moving forward. We know that bigger, stronger, faster, plus LeBron and Anthony Davis uh, won them a championship. We know that. Now, it happened in a bubble and all that stuff. And if you want to nitpick there, then fine, I guess. However, I am uncomfortable with just ignoring that data that they had there. We, it, and, it, and especially given the fact that that data points to something that we all could clearly see and makes complete sense. So if the Lakers are still committed to LeBron playing center and playing smaller in general, fine. Do that at point guard and only point guard. But I would really hesitate before you start going smaller, weaker, and in THT's case, slower uh, at, at, at too many positions. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. I do have a really fun guest for you, not here in a bit, but on Tuesday. Uh, he has been on the show a couple times before. He is one of my good friends in the industry. And I don't like giving guests away, but I'm really excited to talk to him. The Taco Tuesdays, however, the Taco Tuesday guys, they are going to be recording a show uh, here in a bit. And they'll break down last night's game and look ahead to uh, a a, a continued tough stretch that the Lakers are facing here. Add that to everything that we're offering at silverscreenroll.com, and we have you more than covered. So subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And... You know what? In tomorrow's lowdown, I'll make an announcement about what we're going to be doing from here on out. Uh, So get ready to bring back a popular segment that we had back at uh, at the preview show. Until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.